Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here today, and I'm looking forward to sharing this episode with you. Now, over the last few weeks, I have been telling you about a project I've been working on to help Christian women get clear plans on how to take the adventure God has for them. And I'm really excited about this. And it's all actually really coming together. Who knew? Now, that being said, I have a small test group that I'm going through with it right now. And I'm not quite ready to launch it yet. So during this time, I've decided to share with you some past episodes of the Redemption Unveiled podcast to continue to encourage you as I wrap up this project. I thank you so much, and I would really appreciate any prayers that you have during this time as I simply try to create the thing that I feel I have been called to create. And I absolutely hope and pray that it helps so many women get clear on how to take the adventure God has for them. While I'm not quite ready to share that project with you today, I hope this episode encourages you, uplifts you, and helps you in the adventure that you are finding right now. Enjoy. Welcome to my very first podcast where we have a guest join us. So today we're going to talk about have you been in a dark season of life or do you feel like you're just suffering through this time of your life or maybe you just you've been there and I I feel like a lot of people can relate to this with the last couple years we've had and I think today I really want to just share the message that that there is actually a point to our suffering. In fact, our suffering can can bring a lot of opportunities to our life. And it's actually a great time to find clarity, which I think is a different perspective than some people look at it, that when we are living an amazing, perfect life, we're just enjoying it. But when suffering comes and difficulties come, it's actually a great time to discover like who are we really and what do we believe? And these these things that we say we believe when life is good, are they still true when life is not good? Because if you're like me, it's easy to start doubting the things we thought we knew when life was easy. So today on the podcast, I have my man, Carter Allen. Um, that's what I call him, Carter. And I discuss how many important things, and we discuss together how many important things we actually can get from our dark seasons. And that's going to be one of the huge things that we touch on on this blog. So, or podcast, (laughs) sorry, I used to have a blog. Um, And so I just really, I'm excited about this and I'm thankful that you guys are here and joining me and I hope you enjoy. So have a good one. Bye. So 2012 for me was a very much a year of being diligent and disciplined and focused part of that was because you were really struggling Mm -hmm. and you had you worked for my family's company which was a family business um and you had slowly kind of been through through college put up in more and more responsibility and become the financial kind of head of that which was not fun because it was struggling financially a lot of uh, intense situations, conflict, uh, hard hard conversations you were having to put in mm-hmm. or having to put yourself in. And as a wife, it was in one way we were living, I feel, our best life, like becoming parents. But on in another way, I felt very much like you were you were not doing well. Mm-hmm. And you felt I felt like you were kind of slipping away like emotionally or just you just weren't didn't seem well. Like you just started feeling like you were kind of depressed. Mm-hmm. And 
and I don't even know that at the time we fully realized it. I feel it was more now looking back, you're like, oh, yeah, Connor yeah. was not doing well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I wonder <laughs> if it's one of those things where it is easier looking back to recognize, to okay, that was a bit, you know, that that was a, to a certain degree a level of depression. You know, when you're yeah. in it, it's almost at you're least just going to work, for me, it was home. a survival you know, and I think to a certain extent with you too. I mean, that was rough on, on you too. Well, yeah, and you're trying to give that, yourself so. grace. Is it just coming into parenthood and you, okay, it's just a lot going on. But of course we knew we were in a really difficult time. Like you, but you had been for so long with the, with your position. It just kept getting more and more stressful and a lot of pressure and mistakes made, you know, mm-hmm. poor decisions being made. And you just, it just felt like it really kind of built um, through 2012. Mm-hmm. So when 2013 started, you know, Haley's over. Oh, well, and I should say, we did start the adoption process. We got our referral for Shepherd, which means in the adoption world, that means you saw the picture of your kid and you're like, you were getting They matched a child. Yeah, they matched your child. Yeah. And so we were so excited about that. That was October of 2012. So that was amazing. Mm-hmm. But at the end of 2013, of course, we were still waiting on Shepard. Um, he was, he's, we adopted him from the Congo, and we were waiting on him, which turns out Haley did not handle extremely well <laughs> having my baby across the world from me. And then you just still maneuvering everything and mm. getting more and more intense. And then 2012, I don't know, it's like the beginning of 2013, really launched like a very very difficult year for us Mm. so you were in a hard place our marriage was not in an easy place it Mm. was really struggling we were waiting on shepherd we were still adjusting to becoming parents in february you lost your job my Mm. which was my family's company and you lost it because it ended Mm. and so my parents lost their income, my a lot of my family, like a lot of my right. members lost their income, brother, siblings, uh, cousins, and my parents, you know, they went through bankruptcy, so they lost their house, and mm. just really difficult. And then we had some friendships that uh, were struggling and mm-hmm. trying to navigate those, and then we were, again, still waiting on Shepard. That was just very difficult, and... I don't know. It was a really 2013 was a very, very difficult year for us. And I remember it felt like we were just being squeezed. Yeah. Like, you know, just, and you couldn't really, there were lots of different factors, but it just had a sense of feeling squeezed. Yeah. And it's one of those, like, it felt so dark and kind of, I wouldn't say hopeless because I always felt this little spark of hope, like, Mm -hmm. okay. We're doing this. But the hard thing about going through difficult times is there's always this belief that if you just, if we just get through today, oh, tomorrow's going to turn around. <laughs> I'm like that at least. And then, <laughs> and then you get to tomorrow and you realize it is literally the same as yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I think, I think through, through my experience, through the long challenge with the company, I, yeah, you may have been a bit more hopeful that tomorrow <laughs> might be better than today than I was, but... Yeah, that's true. That may be my personality. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I do think during seasons like this, like, hope is... Hope is a tricky little thing because hope is... You you can, through long seasons of discouragement, hope can actually become 
feeling like like an enemy like a bitter Mm -hmm. friend that does nothing but stab you in the back every time she gets you know and i i have well in a certain sense it's it's an expectation yeah your hope wouldn't be real if you didn't expect yeah something different than what it is now so it's you know and when it's not it's just another expectation unmet yeah and then what we do is we think well in order to protect myself Next time, I am not going to hope. Mm-hmm. And I I really fought against that because I don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. I do not want to be. I want to be the 80-year-old that is still full of hope. Mm-hmm. I want to be full of hope for my myself, my family, my friends, the world. Like, that is a goal of mine. I don't want to be. I don't want to be a better person, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so, 2013... It was just a really, I would just say, like, kind of dark season for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and little did we know, like, it was going to be a season of our life that we were just going to kind of journey through mm-hmm. and dur- for a few years. And during that time, I really had something rise up in me of kind of, I am going to fight for my family that I've created. I'm going to fight for my husband. I'm going to fight for my daughter. I'm going to fight for my little boy that I have not even met yet. I'm going to fight for this life that I said I wanted to live a fulfilling life. And I refuse, and I still am like this, I absolutely refuse to feel like I've wasted this life. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to do that. That makes me feel all kinds of just anxiety and just regret of I don't want to look back on my life and think oh darn I kind of missed it (laughs) you know you know I want to do things that actually matter like really matter and maybe they don't matter to other people they matter to me like maybe other people won't look at my life and think it matters I want to look at my own life and think it matters and that's one of the things with Redemption Unveiled that I want I don't necessarily want people to do things that I believe in. I want to encourage people to do things that you believe in. And for me, some of that was having a family that feels peaceful, having a marriage that feels peaceful, having me and like knowing who I am, liking who I am, knowing that I am enough. All of that was tied into this. And yet, we were in a really, really hard time and everything on our circuit, like out, everything outside of us, our circumstances, everything outside of, I should even say me, like everything outside of me felt as if it wasn't doing right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and you know, we were talking about you being depressed, but honestly, 2013, I look at my life and I think there was probably part of me that was depressed. I can remember just being physically exhausted and Epsy would nap in the afternoon, and so I'd get up and get us ready. You know, she wasn't in school or anything back then, and so I'd get us ready. We'd maybe run to the store, do lunch or something, and I can just remember being exhausted by that point and laying her down and just getting back in my pajamas and getting in bed and either taking a nap, praying, or crying. Mm -hmm. Just pretty much 2013. I didn't clean the house. I can remember thinking, like... The house was so dirty. It was so... (laughs) It was so dirty. I mean, I was like, I didn't clean the house. I didn't do the dishes. I didn't cook because I was just, I feel like it was truly just a time of survival. Thankfully, you were really good about knowing we're not, like, I wasn't really 
in a place that I could do those things. Mm-hmm. And it just was a real dark and well, I I think don't know, it, messy. It was a messy season. Yeah, of our I, life. Think, I think it was a time that, I mean, we were looking at, you know, all of that feeling squeezed and feeling pressure and, you know, and continuing to search for just truth and life, you know, I think it made us in that time a feeling squeezed and, and pressured, like it made us evaluate the foundation that our life was built on. Absolutely. And then, you know, that's a hard thing be- to look at yourself in that way and right. to say, you know, I like that part. I don't like that part. That part's real. That's not real. Right. T- tear the stuff that isn't real or true right. out. And then, okay, now I have this hole, this space that I need something there right. to be strong and something that's true. So I feel like that was, I feel like that was a part of it for both of us in that time. Oh, too. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, so during the journey of 2013, I can remember um, coming across a scripture and it really changed my life. And it was a complete shift for me. And I, to this day, is probably one of my life, like, altering scriptures I just love. And it's Romans eight eighteen. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. This was life-changing for me because I came from a place before reading, for, before being in this season and before reading this scripture, it was just a huge aha moment of, okay, God, me and you together, you give me the direction and I will go out and I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll good, do good things for you though. And I'll just check them off the list. But the whole suffering side, that was just something you had to get through. The bad things in life, you just had to get through them. And this scripture just kind of was like, what in the world? It says, but I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And I think before this season of my life, I'd always read that as it will not be compared with the glory that will be revealed through us. Meaning that I was so attached to everything I did. Like, God, Mm -hmm. I will do good things for you. But I had never looked at, like, that in me, that suffering will actually bring things out in me that couldn't be brought out unless I went through suffering. And then the part that said creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. And recognizing that I am supposed to be something. And suffering is a part of that. It's going to help bring it out. And it's not just about me or my family, but actually the world is waiting for me to be the person God created me to be. Mm-hmm. And suffering is a key component, which let's just be clear, was not happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> because I just was always, you know what, if I do good things, if I make good choices, good things will happen. I will do good things and good things will happen to me. And I'm sure a little bad will happen here and there, but not too much, mm-hmm. you know, just a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm doing good things. But this was just really unique. And it became, it was really interesting because I am super passionate about our family and our marriage. But it also became this new thing of, I'm recognizing that I can't actually control you. 
I'm recognizing I can't actually control my children or my adoption or our finances or all my friendships or all these other things. And it was just this scripture was like, but wait, I really am supposed to become the person God created me to be. And the suffering is going to help. And I can remember looking at you one night. We were during this time, we were having a lot of long discussions discussing just where we're at, where you were at, where I was at, where our marriage was at. And I can remember saying one night, like, hey, babe, I am moving forward. Okay. I see we're in kind of a place here. And I can tell you're really struggling. I'm really struggling, but I'm going to go find healing. And I'm going to figure this out. And just so you know, I can remember saying, and just so you know, I'm going to do this even if you don't. And I hope you come. But if you don't, like that's not holding me back. Mm-hmm. And I, I can remember you being like, okay, <laughs> okay. well, that kind of, I don't know if you said hurts my feelings, but you're like, it feels kind of like you're just like, okay, see you later. What does that mean? (laughs) But I just remember thinking like, I can't control you. Like, I can't decide if you want to fight this Mm -hmm. place you're in, this darkness, this depression you are in. I can't, I can't decide, but I could tell I can, I can decide what this suffering does to me. I can decide. I can't control everything. I can, I can control what I let myself become. And I couldn't control you. And I think I'd always thought before that time, like if I was in enough with our marriage, if I did things right, if I communicated enough, Mm -hmm. I could control it. And it was Mm -hmm. just like, oh, wait, I can't control you. Okay, goodbye. I mean, not like that, but just kind of like, I'm not going to, if you want healing, you're going to find it for yourself. I'm not doing this for you. I'm going to do it for myself. Mm -hmm. And then hey, maybe we could do this together. But if not, like, see you later. Right. Not like leave your marriage, not like leave my marriage or anything, but right. necessarily like, It's hey, not your responsibility. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not holding this pressure of fulfilling you anymore. Mm-hmm. And I recognize like, that is not my place. My place is to take the suffering that's happening to me and become who God created me because, hey, Carter Allen, the world is waiting for me. Like, <laughs> Got that's to what go. Says. Like, <laughs> I have places to be here, sir. And... I'm not waiting around for you if you don't want to become who God created you to be. And I hope you do. But, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I feel like, too, that was a big point in realizing, like, we we have a journey together, but we also have independent journeys. Absolutely. That we each have to take on our own, and that's just just the way it is. Absolutely. Um, And I think that, you know, once you receive that scripture uh, or came across it and— you know, we were talking through it and about it. And I mean, we'd had several conversations about that scripture specifically. And I think it really changed both of our perceptions on suffering and right. our just the way we see suffering. Obviously, suffering, no one enjoys no. the process of of being in a place where you're suffering, whether right. it's, you know, whatever it is, emotional, physical, whatever it is. That's not, I mean, the word itself is not an enjoyable thing, but with the new understanding um, of it, I think we both, it honestly, I think gave us both more hope because it all of a sudden the suffering has a purpose and it's not anymore just suffering to get through the suffering. It's suffering is an investment that 
God promised we will see a return on. I mean, so, and I feel like that's something that really, that was a big shift in our lives. I mean, even to this day, like, obviously we still don't like the suffering, but it gives us hope knowing that there's a purpose to it and hope that um, what's going to come out on the back end is going to be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think that learning too, it was so interesting for me personally, because like I said, 2012 was my most focused year and probably my most disciplined year as far as physically, emotionally, and spiritually being followed with my worst year of my life was a really interesting lesson. And like I said, that scripture was interesting to know that suffering is such a vital key because again, I thought when I was praying the year before, I thought I was praying for my marriage to be the best ever in 2013. And I thought I was praying for you to be the best ever, me to be the best ever, and the Mm. company to turn around and it Mm. be the best ever. And I thought our adoption would just be check, 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 best ever. And I thought everything just meant, okay, I'm being really disciplined so I can have the best ever. Thank you. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and then recognizing that now looking back, of course it took me a little bit to figure this out, but now looking back, recognizing God gives us the best ever by allowing us to have that pressure and that heat. So then we are given the opportunity to let things go to, to define who we are, to really get clear on what we can control and to actually find the confidence in who we are and create a life that we're proud of. But without that suffering, you, it is impossible to truly become the person you created to be, you were created to be without suffering, which I just hate that. But mm-hmm. I want to encourage anyone today that finds themselves in a place of suffering, any, anyone that finds them in a place of Anyone that finds themselves in a place that just their life is hard. Maybe their marriage is hard. Their job is hard. Their kids are hard. They feel hopeless. They feel distraught. They feel dark and just suffering. And the thing that is so cool for people that do have the faith that we share is that Mm. that suffering can never, there's nothing on this earth that can happen to you that's enough to take away the God, the person God created you to be. Mm-hmm. Now, there are things absolutely that can happen to you that can add years and years of a journey mm-hmm. <laughs> to right. heal mm-hmm. and to find that restoration. Right. But having that hope that says, hey, you or these circumstances, these things happening to me don't get to take me away from my life. And mm-hmm. as long as I have breath and I have the ability to make choices for my life, I can be that person that it says creation is waiting for. Mm-hmm. And I, I, if there's one thing that Redemption Unveiled is, it's encouraging people to become who you're created to be, to find that identity that you are and to be that and to recognize that the bad things that have happened or are happening in your life do not have to take away your destiny. They can, but they don't have to. And the people that I really think will get the most out of this podcast or find it relevant to their life are the people that are willing to do things you don't want to do and do things that are really hard and it does take a little bit of discipline and they 
also we have to find connection. We have to be willing to say, hey, babe, I am broken. Hmm. Or, hey, mom, I am broken. Hey, friend, I am broken. Hey, counselor, I am broken. Of being seen Mm -hmm. and recognizing that was a huge part of our journey of both you and I recognizing that while it wasn't your job to fix me and it wasn't my job to fix you, it was essential that we be honest about who we were Mm -hmm. and that we were broken and that we were struggling and that we had parts of ourselves that we were discovering and they needed to be known. Mm -hmm. You know, they were, you know, dark areas that we had to talk about brokenness. Mm -hmm. And then I think too, the third thing of recognizing that, man, we've both done this so much is just, we have to be people that are willing to believe things that we don't feel. Mm-hmm. And I know for you and I, back in those years, like we had to believe that our marriage and our family and your career and my hopes and dreams and our adoption and all things that we were creating something, even though back in that time, even just waiting on Shepherd, it waiting on our adoption to be done, like we had to believe that that's what we were creating, mm. even though we weren't, even though we didn't have any proof with our eyes that all this stuff was going to come together. And so that's one thing I want to so encourage anyone listening today that if you are in a dark place or a place of suffering, a place of hardship, or you have a dream that is yet to come, that you do, that you do hold on to those things and believe even though you don't see it, even though it's not true right now, that hold on to that promise and keep doing things that are hard and living in that community or finding safe places that you can talk to, but believe the truth, even when your circumstances aren't giving those, giving that validation, that instant validation. And that's what you and I had to learn Hmm. with doing those hard things is basically we had to learn to do things that felt bad now that would give us what we wanted later mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of just that immediate, I want to feel better right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, we had to learn to make hard choices and let go of control mm-hmm. so that. Yeah. And it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to do and it's tiring. I remember feeling oh my gosh, very tired, so tired through that time. I mean, uh, you know, the, the suffering aspect and the, believing the things you don't feel oh my gosh it's so tiring (laughs) because feelings are so comforting yeah i mean they're they're comforting comforting because they're they're instinctual you know you don't yeah it's just very easy to angry sad frustrated anxious yeah buy into your emotions it's it costs you nothing right but believing something that you don't feel definitely does cost you something and yeah, it's so exhausting. it's very, yeah, it's very tiring. Yeah. But, yeah. But it is also kind of like when we talked it through the process, you realize, okay, this is an investment. Like, yes, I'm tired, but, and it, it does cost me something, but, um, but it's an investment. Yeah. And what's to come. Absolutely. Well, to finish up this first podcast that I've done, I, I, 
I really just want to encourage people. I want to encourage people that if you are in a hard place and your mind is telling you that there is nothing good that's coming from this and you just have to get through it, I really want to encourage you that that is not true. Beautiful, some of the most beautiful things can come from our worst days. And you can look back on those days and know that they are so vital to your journey and they're precious, even though they were the worst days of your life. And, but that doesn't just happen. That does, it takes true intention and doing some really hard things. It takes the decisions, the hard conversations to be seen and known and tell people what you're going through. And it also takes believing a bunch of things you don't feel. And you have to go back to those promises that you have and that those truths that you know, each of us have a knowing inside of us of things that are in us that it's no one else's job to figure out, but our job to figure out of what is inside you that is still hoping to come out on this earth. What are you supposed to create? Whether that be something with a marriage, a family, a friendship, a career, a business idea, whatever it is, what is it inside of you that still wants to come out? And I want to just real quick, I'm going to thank you, babe, for coming on here and supporting me in my endeavors and doing new things. And uh, I don't know, you're very helpful and encouraged me and helping me stay stay clear on what I do believe and the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm really thankful for that. Mm -hmm. And I just want to end this session just by reading the scripture that was so impactful to this journey. And then I will see you next Monday here for one of the many meaningful podcasts that I will be back for. So, Romans 8, 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. That's you. So, go take your suffering, let good come from it, and become the person you were created to be. I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode, would you do me a favor and write a review or share it with a friend? That'd be so awesome. If you'd like to stay in touch with with Redemption Unveiled, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram or my website, redemptionunveiled.com. And if you'd like to follow my personal page on Insta, it's haley.marie.carter. Thanks, guys. Now start or keep on building a life that fulfills you. Your life is today. See you next time.